Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Ready, Terp fans, because it's time for the Maryland Matt Chat. Join us as we talk Terp wrestling with head coach Kerry McCoy and staff. Now, onto the show with your host, three time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, Jason Bryant. And welcome to episode 12 of the Maryland Matt Chat. Jason Bryant here with you, joined today by three time All American for the University of Maryland, Hudson Taylor currently the executive director of Athlete Ally and Hudson. Ben, we've known each other a long time. This is the first time we've actually gotten to, to sit down and be on a show, whether it be one of my other shows or, or here on the Maryland Match Chat. And, and welcome to the Maryland Match Chat. I mean, it's first time for everything, right? Thanks so much for having me. So w- w- people know about what you're doing in terms of the world of wrestling. But before we get into your, your, what you're doing with your career, let's just go back in time, way back. Not super way back. We'll go way back later. But, uh, you know, you, you came out of Blair Academy. You, you opted to go to the University of Maryland. Why did you choose to wrestle at the University of Maryland? Well, there were a few reasons. Uh, I felt like Maryland was a place where I could achieve both my uh, academic interests and excel as a wrestler. I think that um, sometimes, you know, Division One wrestling programs, they, they, there's a way of life. You know, it's, it's all or nothing wrestling. And Maryland was a place where I really could – I felt like I could be a well-rounded individual – and uh, accomplish all the things that I wanted to do. It was also, for me, really important to be a part of a program that I was going to be able to leave a legacy at. Um, I thought, you know, we were really building something in Maryland, and to have, uh, you know, a great string of All-Americans be a part of that program and uh, and build it to what it is today and hopefully what it will continue to be in the future uh, was really appealing to me. Um, also, you know, just coming from New Jersey, uh, not being too far from home, but being close enough uh, so that I could go back if I ever needed it. Um, those were all sort of some of the factors that kind of went into me feeling like Maryland was the place where I could accomplish all my goals. Well, of course, things had to work out pretty well. Obviously, Kerry McCoy, one of the best uh, upper weight coaches in you know in the country, an Olympian. He's got to have that. He's got that strong pedigree. I mean, how much did did going with Kerry day in and day out help you improve? Obviously, you had a great high school coach in Jeff Buxton, but he you kind of outgrew him for a while. And uh, you know, what was it like being able to roll with a guy like McCoy when you first got into college? Well, as the the saying goes, iron sharpens iron, and uh, I couldn't have asked for a better. Uh, coach and workout partner, somebody to beat me up every day. So, you know, Kerry's coached some of the best wrestlers in the world, understands the sport better than anyone. So um, just on kind of many, many different levels, having Kerry as a a coach and a mentor and kind of helping me uh, just develop as as an athlete and as a person, I think was, uh, you know, an experience that was second to none. So, uh, I mean, I consider myself incredibly grateful to, to be able to have uh, been trained by him and uh, I'm just you know really proud that he's a part of the Maryland family 
uh, you know, obviously you went there for Coach Pat Santoro, and then obviously there's there's that coaching change there. And you know, how does an athlete like yourself go deal with that type of coaching change when you've you've had a solid couple years? Obviously, round of twelve as a freshman, All American as a sophomore, and then then the the world changes a little bit. I mean, how do you how do you, how do you as an athlete deal with coaching changes in, in high profile situations like that? So I think anytime you have a, a coaching change, it can be difficult for an athlete and for a program. Um, you know, in the case of McCoy coming to the program and, and where I was in my career, um, you know, I, I actually think it was probably the, the best thing for me, right? So I had under under Coach Santoro, I had you know learned what it meant to be a college athlete and how to tell, how to excel at that elite level. Um, but you know, what I didn't have was that person in the room who could continue to push me to be better, um, to, you know, continue to, to improve, uh, as a, as a wrestler specifically. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was definitely challenging. I mean, definitely coaches have different coaching styles, but, um, having the opportunity to, to now work with Kerry every day as an athlete was something that, um, you know, I think was a, was what I needed in order to continue to improve. Now you talked about leaving a legacy. You wrestled in, you know, the NCAA championships and placed three times. You were a third, third, fourth. And you know, when you look at what you're doing in your day to day life now, how much does not winning an NCAA championship drive you with what you do today? That is a great question, and it's something that uh, you think about a lot. You know, I, I obviously, in all with all of my being, <laughs> wanted to win a national championship. But I also think that there's something. Um, you know, there's a purpose and a plan and not winning a championship uh, allowed, allows me to continue to have uh, a, a fire and a passion for all the things that I do in life. And sometimes it's, you know, obviously the, the destination is what we focus on and what, what we hang all of our dreams on. But um, sometimes it's, it's the journey that makes us the people we are. And um, yes, I would do anything to, <laughs> to have won a national championship. But also, I think the the moral or not not moral, but the emotional struggle that is involved with losing in the semifinals, in the quarterfinals, in the pre quarters, and then wrestling back back to take third or fourth in the country is um, is something that I really value and uh, definitely take great pride in. So um, you know. It, 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 it doesn't get easier, but at the same time, I think it, it made me the person that I am today. Now, we look at some of your, your matches throughout. We were looking through uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, and, you know, you were a low seed in, well, low being relative, 7 and 10 when you placed third, and then when you placed fourth, you were the three seed. And what I found interesting about in 2010 is, you know, there's, there, we talk about, you know, getting those revenge wins and things like that, and this is one where we talked is uh, years ago was, the 9-3 win in the quarterfinals over a guy named Eric Lepotsky, who was then wrestling for Oklahoma. He was the six seed. You were the three seed. You have to go way back to very <laughs> early in your career, and it's in, it, at Drexel University. Bucknell had just he was and Lepotsky was wrestling at Bucknell at the time, and it was you know their first dual meet since they've been reinstated. Dan Wernsberger, Dave Hoffman are coaching there. I was sitting right there. And then there's Maryland, who's, you know, you're building Hudson Taylor. Boom. All right. And uh, you get decked and you guys lose the match. You know, when you look back on college situations, I mean, what do you learn from moments like that? Do you think that, oh, man, that sucked. I mean, good for Bucknell, but that's that sucked. I mean, you know, do you remember that situation? And then years forward, you're like, that's the guy. 
I, you, you, you never, <laughs> you never forget. And uh, I mean, I think the, the, the greatest lesson that I learned is that, you know, you can have an undefeated season, you can have, uh, you know, a terrible season, but ultimately history remembers the national tournament. And so uh, I take all matches throughout every season as sort of a, a learning opportunity. And, you know, come the national tournament, I don't care if it's a, you know, one nothing win overtime, an ugly win, uh, a win is a win. And, you know, that was definitely in the back of my mind going into to that match against Lepotsky. Um, you know, similarly with uh, Josh Glenn, the first year that I All-American, he beat me up in the, <laughs> during the season. Um, you know, I, I, there are a bunch of guys that I had lost to during the season only to uh, get the better of them at the national tournament. So, you know, I think it, it all it, it's cumulative. Right. So not no win or loss happens in a vacuum. And by the time you get to the national tournament, the stakes are so high. The emotions are, are running so high that, um, you know, it's it's just really about maximizing opportunity and minimizing mistakes. And sometimes throughout the course of the season, we don't think that way. And uh, <laughs> as we saw in the Lepotsky match, uh, the, the outcome <laughs> uh, can get can get pretty uh, unfortunate. <laughs> now we look back at all the championship bouts. We're, we're not going to beat up your losses too much because you were a three-time All-American. So, we, but when you look back on your career, is there any? Was it is it the, the semifinal loss to Brester? Is it the quarter loss to Phil Davis, or is it pre-quarter loss to Brandon Halsey? Which one of those would you like to have back the most? Um. <sighs> You know, emotionally, I would probably want to have my last match back. Um, you know, losing to Cam Simez in my final college match was probably the hardest. Um, you know, again, when... And that's, that's a guy you had beaten multiple times throughout your career, too. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, I think part of the challenge is, you know, when you're a senior, the stakes are that much higher because you know that you're not going to get another a second chance. So losing in the semis to Brester, yes, that was devastating. Um, but then, you know, to have to reset and realize that, hey, I got to, this tournament's not over, was uh, extremely emotionally difficult. And kind of, I kind of went into autopilot and started wrestling not to lose rather than wrestling to win. And, um, and so, you know, that's, that's one of the matches that, that I definitely would like to get back Um but, you know, props to, to Cam for wrestling a brilliant match and, and always having that gas tank that, uh, that I hated. <laughs> um, but again, you know, losses make us who we are. And uh, I gotta, you got to take what you've been given and, and work with it. 2009, you guys finished 10th in the country. Uh, Steve Bell was an All-American. Alex Traum was an All-American. Yourself was All-American. Was, was that a team that you look at and go, Wow, because I mean, you were the most falls guy. I mean, you know, had some some interesting matches. You had Maryland guys in the semifinals. You, it was a top ten finish for a program that prior to to Pat Centauri and Kerry McCoy getting there was was really struggling. I mean, was was that something you guys talked about that year being a top ten team? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of every season, you 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 outline your goals, and being a top ten team was definitely one of ours. Um, we knew that we had the guys on the roster to make that happen. Um, you know, we had, I think, I think when that, when we finally realized that it was possible was, uh, actually 
I'm going to have to go back in my memory, but when we beat Michigan, um, we had an amazing upset win over Michigan. Yeah, that was at the, uh, the Northeast Duels. Exactly. And that was, I think, the, the big moment where we realized, wow, you know, we're not, we're not just some ACC school that nobody should care about. We have the talent to beat anybody in the country. And when a program really starts believing in themselves, that's when you got to watch out. And I think that it was that win over Michigan that made us all realize that we had what it take to, to be a top 10 team. Um, yeah. So as we go back, uh, this is a funny story number one. We've got two of them. Actually, it's not really funny, but it, it goes back to my first memory. And, you know, obviously covering high school wrestling for as long as I did when I was living on the East Coast, I had an opportunity to see you a lot. But I think the biggest memory, the one memory that, that sticks out in my head is Fargo, North Dakota, 2002. And this is back with the old vertical pairing system when it was you got to the pools, you were wrestling round robins. And I believe this was a round robin match. It was very late in the pool. That's for sure. And you're on the race platform wrestling for Team New Jersey against Jackie Tony from Virginia. This is Cadet 160. We're talking 13 years ago. And it was tied uh, or was going into overtime. I remember there was a sequence and it was a two and two. And you got the call. And I remember being so pissed off going, that's a singlet call. That's just because New Jersey versus Virginia. They're going to give it to a Jersey guy. Yeah, I was kind of bitter about that. And that was like that Hudson Taylor. And then you grew. I was like, I was wanted Jackie to get another shot at you. But that's the really earliest memory of, of Hudson Taylor I have. That It wasn't a pleasant one because I'm from Virginia. You were beating my Virginia kid. But uh, just wanted to get that out <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, let me tell you, the, the Virginia guys uh, got the best of me for a long time. I mean, uh, Patrick Bond, just I never got a win over him in high school, um, you know, Great Bridge. And then uh, I actually, you know, got, got pinned by an ODU guy uh, in college. I wasn't so. going to bring that up, but. Uh, <laughs> but. You know, Carrie, oh, actually, you know what? That is, I guess, turnabout's fair play because a couple episodes ago, Kerry did throw that at me with. Uh, Palachik beating Jeske at the Midlands, and uh, I guess that's I guess uh, you brought up the payback. I didn't even have to do it. Nice job. <laughs> I take every every almost negative thing back I've said about you. Because there aren't many. I mean, there's you can't. I mean, there's not. I mean, there's nothing nothing negative about Hudson Taylor. <laughs> Come on, man. But uh, you know, as we talk about you know certain things with with history, and you've chosen Maryland. So when you came into Maryland, did you think that when you graduated, this would be the type of work that you're doing with Athlete Ally? I did not have the slightest clue in the world, uh, and I would say that was probably true even up until my, you know, senior year of college. Um, all, everything that I'm doing now with Athlete Ally was very much a reaction to events that happened to me. Um, so it definitely wasn't part of a plan or um, anything that I had seen myself doing. I mean, I was a wrestler who loved wrestling, wanted to coach wrestling, and that was that was the plan. That was it. Um, yeah, I mean, I had definitely diverse interests and in being a theater kid and, uh, kind of always marching my own beat, but, um, starting this organization and doing the work I'm doing today was, uh, definitely not something I, I would have foreseen going into Maryland. And just for those who've been sleeping under a rock, Athlete Ally is what exactly? So we work to end homophobia in sports by educating athletes on the language that they use, how to create more inclusive cultures. Um, you know, sort of the, the genesis for, for it all, you know, my senior year, uh, I started speaking out on my team, you know, being a, a theater major, I had, I had gay friends and hearing my teammates use homophobic and sexist language made me realize, you know, we should be, we should be better than that as a, as a wrestling team, as a wrestling community. And so 
Um, just me starting to speak out kind of sparked a lot of conversations. Uh, Akil Patterson, one of my coaches, uh, you know, he was closeted at the time. Um, he heard, overheard me having these conversations and said, hey, would you do an interview about why you care? And in response to that interview, I got about 2,000 emails from closeted athletes, closeted wrestlers, all people who say, you know, because of, of hearing you speak out, I now feel like I can join a wrestling team or go into the locker room and not be afraid. So um, a lot of the work that we do is now just centered around trying to educate athletic communities on how to change the culture because, you know, wrestling's given me every opportunity I have in life. It's made me the person I am. And I just want, you know, every other athlete to have that same positive experience and same positive opportunity. When you talk about wrestling, you, you, you were going to be a coach. You're, you're, that's what you were going to do. And then you did coach following your career at Maryland. You did have some time at Columbia. But when you're starting Athlete Ally, when, at what point did you realize that the time constraints of starting this, this, this organization and college wrestling coaching don't really work well together? I mean, what, it, what was it like for you to have to actually step away? Uh, so, I mean, it's one of the hardest things. I, I mean, I started wrestling when I was six years old. So to have something that's part of your life day in and day out, um, you know, ha coming to the realization that it can no longer be as a part of your life as it once was is definitely really challenging. Um, you know, and, and coaching at Columbia was just a fantastic opportunity. And I, I love I love coaching. I love the guys. I love the program. Um, but you know, the need of where we are as an athletic community is just so great that um, I just didn't have the time. And I, I was traveling a ton, speaking, going to colleges, working with professional athletes. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe so much in what Athlete Ally has the potential to do. And so uh, there kind of came that fork in the road. And, you know, this is now what I'm doing full time. Yeah, and the last time we talked, you were out here in Minnesota for the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game last year, which you did not get me tickets for. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and Akil just definitely uh, kind of kept those away from me. Anyway, we were talking uh, about certain things, and, you know, we talk about where life leads and where, you know, you're, you're in a nonprofit now. You didn't think you were doing that. But when you look back at things, how special was the University of Maryland for you and, and what you were become as a, as a professional? The University of Maryland was everything to me. I mean, I am a Terp through and through. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of colleges uh, instill in their student athletes a great pride for the university, and I think Maryland did that particularly well. Um, you know, just the the whole culture of Maryland was something that I I just love and and thrived in. Um, and I think also just the, the, the idea that I could be an individual, you know, I, I, there are lots of molds that I think the sport of wrestling, different athletic departments try to place you in. And just the, the Maryland community was a place where my, you know, being an individual mattered. And, uh, and I think that's why I was able to, to do well as a wrestler, why I enjoyed my academic time there and, uh, and still just have such fond memories about the program, the coaches, the team, and continue to try to give back to the program um, every opportunity I get. Now, I've got to, now we're going to go back in time a little bit. Now, if I'm not mistaken, was it your dad that wrestled at Franklin and Marshall? Or was that your My uncle? dad, I don't know if he actually wrestled at FNM. He went to FNM. He wrestled when he was a kid growing up. Uh, you know, my uncle, my uncles wrestled, cousins wrestled. So wrestling was, was in the family, but um, I don't, I'm like never at, at really that, uh, at the college level. 
Yeah, because I remember he sent me an email way, way back in the day. I think I was still living in Lancaster, and we t- <laughs> he had said something about Franklin and Marshall because I think I had said I was I was announcing the FNM home duels at the time when I was working with the NWCA, and I just, you know, it was one of my buddies, one of the best men at my wedding wrestled FNM. So every, anytime there's an FNM reference, I feel like yeah, yeah, I kind of know that, and then I just remember that email from him. And then now we want to go way, 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 way back in time, and you are named for the notable Christian missionary Hudson Taylor. And uh, first of all, how how many greats is that for you? As far as when it comes to great, how many greats grandfathers is that? Uh, that is uh, th- three greats, three. great, great, great. Okay, so it's it's not way, 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 way back. It's we're talking nineteenth uh, century, turn of twentieth century type stuff. Uh, and of course, your your name for him. And now this is one question I threw at you back in June or July of last year, and I figure this might not might not be the uh, the, the wrong place for it. So when you look at what who you're named for and everything that you know what people talk about the there obviously is a lot of controversy with some of the groups that you know have a an opposition to what athlete allies trying to do or just the the entire uh world of gay rights in general but what would you think that hudson taylor your great 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 grandfather would what would you think he would say about what you're doing right now in the world yeah i personally would like to think that he'd look at my work uh, favorably. I mean, James Hudson Taylor um, followed a path in which he was trying to make life, the future, better for for the people in it, right? I mean, and that path for him was, uh, was helping people find and develop a relationship with God. And, you know, for me, so much of what I'm trying to do with Athlete Allies, try to, you know, remove prejudice and stigma and stereotypes from the world. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that um, how people practice their faith differs greatly. And there are certainly some people in the Christian community who probably take great objection to me saying a lot of what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I believe that um, we can live in a world where people can be themselves. And I want every human being to, to be happy, to be uh, fulfilled whether that be in sports or in society. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that my great-great-great-grandfather would be proud of, of me trying to make the world a better place for the people in it. How much do you actually know about him and what, what his work was? I mean, it's obviously there's the lineage there. There's, you know, people know who he is. But, you know, how much do you, did you actually have to research and figure out, or is this something that, that your whole family kind of knew about? It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, your name for this guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was definitely a big part of my upbringing. I mean, I, I spent summers going to, uh, you know, fellowship. I was part of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, went to Athletes in Action wrestling camps growing up, um, you know, went to went to church pretty often. And, and so um, my knowledge and understanding of Scripture and knowledge and understanding of the legacy of James Hudson Taylor was something that I was very much aware of all throughout my childhood, I think. You know, at a certain point, I had, again, this sort of fork in the road of, you know, I I believe that that God is a loving God and would want people to know more about, um, you know, the, the truth and the I don't know. I, I just I just think that that humans sometimes put their own lack of comfort in, in, and kind of funnel it through through their faith. And, and I just think, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. So, I mean, 
for me, it was it was definitely a part of my upbringing. It's part of my awareness uh, about Christianity. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anything, it it has helped me do the work today. You know, because I've always wanted to ask you that question, and it's one of those things that uh, you know what that's it's kind of almost what I expected you to say, but you said it so much more eloquently. So you know, because obviously. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's been some some stories that have come out, and not to totally turn this into the athlete ally, uh, you know, hour so to speak, because we are talking Maryland wrestling here. But this this goes with what you're you're talking about, and um, what you learned at Maryland is you know ending the homophobic thing. And we had obviously one of the bigger stories in wrestling, depending on who you ask, was was a story I wrote on Mike Pusillo coming out. He was an NCAA champion at Ohio State, and he came out as as known as the uh, the first NCAA wrestling champion to come out as gay. And then since then, we've had uh, a couple high school athletes come out. And this kind of – do you think that, that Mike's decision, his announcement uh, – one, you, you want to get to a point where people don't have to make announcements or decisions like this or public publicly announce it anymore. I guess that's ultimately one of the goals of Athlete Ally and, and, and the LGBT groups is, you know, you're comfortable in your own skin, that type of thing. And, you know, one of these days it's uh, – you don't have to say, oh, I'm gay, I'm straight. But, you know, do you think Mike – in his, you know, taking the time to, to get that story out there, you know, help these, these, these kids that might be struggling with it. And they're, conf- you know, they might be confused. They might be worried about what their friends or family might say. I mean, how much do you think Mike helped those that, you know, in the wrestling community that are, that are dealing with trying to, to deal with who they are? I think that Mike uh, sharing his story with the world, with the wrestling community has, um, it can't be understated the the importance of that because you know the the biggest thing with this entire conversation is context right i i can tell you why i'm personally passionate and i can talk for hours about the work of athlete ally and the need to change the culture but until we can point to and see and hear from uh you know lgbt athletes sharing their story sharing their experiences within their athletic community, then, you know, the words don't really have, have weight and significance. And so I think, um, Mike's decision to, to share his truth with the world. I mean, um, I think it, it it has definitely impacted the the athletes who we've seen come out since, but, um, I think the, the stories that we don't hear about is I, I guarantee that that saved people's lives. Um, because, you know, sport, the athletic community, wrestling community, um, it's, it's not the most welcoming place for people who don't look, act, dress, you know, fit a particular mold. So anytime we can have a successful athlete like Mike Basillo, um, say, Hey, you know what? No, this is who I am. And I'm part of our wrestling community as well. I think that does volumes for, um, moving the conversation and hopefully the cu- the culture forward. How do you think Maryland's responding to, to making sure that this type of discrimination in, in speech gets eradicated? I think Maryland's doing a, a fantastic job. I mean, look, until until there's no more perceived risk to coming out, there's always more work to be done. So, I mean, when we look at an athletic institution, there are two types of conversations. There's that that's internal to the athletic department, which is what kind of policies and trainings are taking place. And then there's what's happening externally. So what is Maryland or any other school doing to show to the world, to the recruits, to any athlete who wants to be a part of that community, uh, where they stand on these issues. And I think that you know, we've I've had the opportunity to work with Maryland over the past couple months, um, really developing and, and crafting that plan for how they are going to articulate um, how welcoming a place Maryland really is. So, 
you know, we're, we have, we formed a, a subcommittee within the athletic department. We're talking about trainings and panel discussions and research. And um, I think there's a real commitment to addressing this, this topic head on. Um, I'd also say that, you know, in our first group of athlete ally ambassadors, you know, the professional athletes who've joined the organization, the majority of them were all, were all Terps in the beginning. Um, you know, Robbie Rogers, a soccer player, um, Christy Tolliver, a basketball player, uh, a couple other MLS players. So there, there's a very good, strong uh, Maryland connection through the work that I do today, even outside of the University of Maryland. Talking with Hudson Taylor here on the Maryland Match Chat, Episode 12. And Hudson, the moments we got left, want to throw something out there to anybody in Terp Nation that wants to sit there and, and keep up with what you're doing on social media, Athlete Ally, uh, you know, maybe a story you want to tell, people to thank. It's, it's an open forum for you here as we close. Oh. Uh... Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Now I'm not asking you a question. Just say what you want. <laughs> uh, what would I? I mean, I know I would say I would say check us out at athleteally.org. Um, and I, if if there's anything, I would just want to say that like uh, for the wrestling fans out there, if you love the sport as much as I do, um, I just want people to realize that we can all do more to make our sport more inclusive for the people in it. Um, and I feel that when we do create an inclusive culture, every athlete can maximize their potential. So check us out at athleteally.org. Um, you know, Jason, thank you so much for inviting me on. And more than anything, go Terps. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.